Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fletch isn't just one of the great movies of the 80s. Erwin M. Fletcher is the one of the most beloved characters of the 80s. His influence on 80s teens was deep. And if you say Fletch, almost every Gen Xer will spout one of his famous lines. And this movie just shows you the cold hard facts, which is cops are pigs. This is another one. <laughs> this is 80s Movies. A guide to what's wrong with your parents. I'm Riley Roberts. And I'm Tara McNamara. Fletch is about an investigative journalist for an L.A. newspaper who is undercover as he investigates the drug dealing on the beaches. And somewhere along the line, he's approached by a rich man who asks him to kill someone. Himself. Somehow he does not get caught by the cops though he does one time but that was when they when they targeted when him they tar- yeah right um can we just start off by saying in no way does fletch look like a junkie no and that's not what junkies look like in the 80s like they didn't look put together I, like that i was that. really confused by that because is he a junkie i thought he was just doing reporting he no he is he's undercover as a junkie but then you need to look like a junkie yeah. <laughs> you know and i and and they had Two other characters who did look more like junkies. One, one, uh, you know, the the white kid friend, you know, who was nineteen. You know, he he behaves like a junkie, but Fletch is just Fletch, and his hair is combed, and you know, he's just wearing a Lakers shirt. I mean, that's it. And he tells us he smells bad, but like, he he's pretty well groomed. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He has an apartment. It's not a bum. Yeah, yeah. So he it, so the whole idea that. No one is picking up the drug dealer. Everyone thinks he's just a junkie. is a little hard to buy, but we can we can see past that. That's that's fine. The movie is fun and it's good, and it's one of my favorite films actually. And and so I can't say this enough when I say that eighties teens loved Fletch. I almost named your little brother Fletch just because I love this character so much. And the only reason we didn't is because, uh, be, because um, my husband's. His dad has a friend who's named his son Fletch, and that's why. <laughs> like it's the otherwise it was that was it that was it he was gonna be named Fletch. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that the contribution that Fletch gives to eighties teens overall is the sarcasm. Yeah, the sarcasm is nonstop in this film. Fletch only speaks in sarcasms, you know. And that, I believe, I mean, not that sarcasm hasn't existed forever, but that layer, that never answering a question with a serious answer, that always, you know, making a joke, always pe- uh, poking fun. I mean, that's that's your dad, by the way, right? I mean, that's your dad. <laughs> that's how he behaves. And that is how men of a certain age behave as well. And I, and I think this is the film that really cements that. What? Moon River. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? But, you know, it's fun in a film. It gets annoying after, you know, like all the time. Uh, 
Yeah, not in this film, though. I wasn't that annoyed by it. No, no, I think it plays well, because I think it's Chevy Chase, and that's part of who he is. And what's interesting is that part of the reason that it succeeds is because they let him just riff off the script, you know? I mean, when he says, what's your name, and uh, Chevy Chase says, Nugent, Ted Nugent, you know, that's... That was him just making it up, and through the whole film, all of those made-up names, that was just Chevy Chase coming up with it on the fly. Name's Liddy. Gordon Liddy. I'm uh, Don Corleone. Fred, the Dorf Dorfman. Victor Hugo. Barber? No, that's Babar. Fletch. F. Fletch. And so that sort of improv is really what Chevy Chase does best. We saw that in Caddyshack, and it was hilarious. And you could easily say that the character in Caddyshack and the character here Pretty much the same. They're the same. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the same person that Chevy Chase plays in Foul Play, and the same for you know, this is really the same character he plays all the time. He's just playing himself, but we liked him so much that, you know, it works. Nobody got tired of it. Um, so, really, I felt like this was a PG film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went in nervous. I did remember the whole thing at the uh, tennis club and not... And, and with the girl, and so I felt like it was going to be worse, you know, when I watched it. And when I watched it back, you know, with, through our modern lens, I was like, oh, you know, this isn't that bad. No. This is, this is mostly okay. It, what's interesting is those 80s-isms, you know, <laughs> those behaviors that we discuss on this podcast about what's wrong with your parents, and the it, they play so subtly that I think... It's a good indicator of how these tiny, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always the biggest, loudest, it wasn't always the porkies, it wasn't always huge actions that impacted people. You can see that how in small ways it impacts a generation. Um, Anything stand out to you among all of these things of being like, well, I don't know if that we do that anymore. No, they pretty much nailed it. Well, I don't think anything we don't do anymore. They're, they're, they're really small. They're really subtle. So, you know, I, I know anyone listening to this is going to think that I'm nitpicking. And I am nitpicking. But the idea is to say, to point out, you know, how small these things were and how they impact people. So, for instance, um, there was this, you know, here he is. He's this cool character. I mean, the coolest, right? And why is Fletch cool? I mean, Fletch is... He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's smart. He's not just smart, right? He's clever. He's nobody's fool. He knows how to get around things. He knows, you know, he knows how to get Laker tickets. I mean, he he just, like, he's cool. He knows, he's that guy who's confident, uh, and you want to be him, or you want to date him. So when he doesn't play his wife alimony, right, That that's sending a message. And why is he not paying her alimony? What's alimony? Oh, Good question, Riley. I assumed that you knew that, but that is such a relic of the past that you don't know what alimony is. So when divorce was newer or more rare, and we lived in a society where men made money and women didn't have as many career opportunities and were mostly expected to stay at home, alimony is something that a husband had to pay a wife uh, after they divorced. So now there's a settlement, you know, people will divide up the estate, no matter who was making more money. And that's how it is now. But in the past, you would have to pay your ex, almost always the ex-wife would get paid a stipend every month. So kind of like child support, 
Yeah, that's what it's I like it was. it's ex-wife support oh. because the theory was she couldn't support herself in the lifestyle she had become accustomed to. So he had to pay her alimony. I think he said he owed her nine hundred and some dollars. Yeah. I mean, which you know, in the eighties, that's some that's some good money, you know. And um, but why is it that he feels justified in not paying her what the court has said he has to pay her? Because she was cheating on him. Well, because she's a slut, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not just that she cheated on him when they divorced or that she cheated on him with his attorney or that she cheated on him, you know, like she's living with someone now. It's that, you know, the illusion is, is that she's such a slut, she was sleeping with everyone, and so why should he have to pay her money for that, right? right. And I think that's like sort of a, you know, an applause line for men at the time who felt the same way you know why and, and we saw that in foxes too remember in foxes there was the child support money that they referenced that jody that sally kellerman is getting from jody foster's dad and so she's like oh can't i take this child support money and go get my own place and uh the dad's like oh no <laughs> you know the alimony and support is hers and this will not go well if you take that away from her so you could see a little bit of it in that situation, but there was a lot of resentment. And, uh, and so when you see a cool character like this, I don't know, to me, it's two things. One, oh, I don't have to pay it gives men license to feel like, yeah. And then second, because she's slutty. Oh, okay. Well, let's just, you know, take, and we're just insulting women at that point. Right. Um, just as subtle is the gay joke about the chief of police. Yeah. I hear he's mellowed out a lot since he came out of the closet. I like men. I like to be manhandled. I like you. Why don't you guys go down to the gym and pump each other? And then they're like, oh, you know, now we're going to beat you up if we could, right? Like, that's the biggest burn to imply someone's gay, you know, or to make a, say something. And that's just, again, these little things about, well, you can always insult someone because the worst thing in the 80s was to be gay. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we see that, again, in other we see, films. We see that in a lot of films. You see but... that in, in Fame, you know, where it's on a bigger scale, but really just... I mean, that's someone who really was gay, but, but you see it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, then we have a little bit of a racist joke in there with when he goes and he busts up the American Legion. I assume that was the American Legion, but, you know, where they're all wearing the weird hats and there was some sort of um, honor uh, ceremony where they were honoring someone. Um and there's a black guy on stage, one black guy, the rest are all white. And so Fletch turns to him and says, you're not going to sing, are you, Sammy? Implying that he's Sammy Davis Jr., a black performer. You know, I mean, again... I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, again, 80s reference. But it's just, again, that thing of, oh, because you are black, the and, you know, you're holding this, I'm going to make, just compare you. Joke. Yeah, I'm going to make a black joke. Um, and then there's... The sexual harassment of how he treats Larry. Yeah, but Larry kind of gives into it. She's doing that herself. Well, okay. Because I know people, I know I have a really good friend who's exactly like this character who gets, like, away with everything. Yeah. He can just get girls to scratch his back whenever he wants. Uh-huh. The girl that actually scratches the back wants to scratch his back. Okay. All right. They, they promise you. <laughs> I promise you she thought Larry thought that he was really attractive and would was down to touch him in any way that she could because she knows she could never actually have a relationship with him. Well, I don't know why she couldn't have a relationship with him. She was a very beautiful, smart 
girl, you know, why, why not? You know, she seemed like she was on a much younger, I mean, he's 40 at the time. She's in, Gina Davis probably was in her early 20s. So, you know. Guys will date the girls they want to date if they want to date them. I got it. I'm just saying (laughs) between the male writer, the male actor, and the male director, this is again that fantasy situation where Gina Davis, who is beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I thought she was way prettier than the they other made girl. her look. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Her she had amazing bone structure. <laughs> uh, yeah, she does amazing. She's phenomenal. She's gorgeous. Um, yeah, I agree. Well, but here's truth in filmmaking. I mean, I thought they cast an actress too beautiful to be in that role for, in real life. I've been around newsrooms, you know. Uh, it, that's just like journalists in general, you know, like yeah. paper, not broadcast journalists, but like newspaper journalists. They're not, even if they are attractive, it's hard to see under the, you know, coffee stains on their shirt or, you know, the, 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 untu- the, 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 the wrinkles in their clothes. I mean, journalists are just not generally focused on attractiveness. So, uh, so I thought that was interesting casting. And then, the way that she reacts to him, I thought was very much a male fantasy. Like, oh, I'm going to scratch your back. Oh, oh, I like this. I like being treated like this, you know? And then he makes, he says to her when he's calling from Utah and he's asking her to research something, um, he says, you got that, honey? Ah, I love your body, Larry. And so that's what he says to her. Now, the joke is that someone's listening and thinking he's gay again. Ha ha. You know, but, um... And that's the joke. But still, he's saying to his female co-worker, I love your body, Larry. You know, and it's just, it's sexual harassment. I mean, it is, you know. So if they did have a relationship and they were seeing each other, and I kept thinking, well, maybe, maybe they do. I mean, he's doing this whole thing with uh, Alan Stanwyck's wife. But but then when she comes to visit him at the office afterwards and they're kissing and Larry's cool with it. Larry has yeah. no jealousy. So I'm just like, oh, no, he's just like lightly sexually harassing her. <laughs> okay. Just on the job. But that is also part of men. Well, that's part of <laughs> that is part of being a woman in the workplace yeah. at that time. That's how you got treated. So that was I mean, that was like really clean cut sexual harassment. Like nobody has a problem with that <laughs> in yeah. the 80s yeah. because you're getting off light, you know? That's not bad. Yeah, that's super light for the 80s. Yeah. There's, there could have been way worse. So, again, this is my point. Like, everything is very, very subtle. Uh, uh, but it's there. It's there. Can I borrow your towel for a sec? My car just hit a water buffalo. So, my final thing is just how he's hitting on Gail Stanwick, Alan's wife, the whole time. And how Gail is kind of going for it. Well, yeah, she obviously, obviously her husband is not there a lot. True, they're newlyweds, though. But she doesn't cheat on him until she finds out. And then she instantly does. He's hitting on her the whole time, and she's like, hey, this happens all the time. I'm always getting hit on, but she's got a big smile, and... You know, who doesn't know that feeling, right? You've got to be like, well, you're friends of my, fr- you know, my, my boyfriend, you're friends with my husband, you're friends of my friend, so i got to, you know, or we work together or whatever, so I have to just put on a smile and laugh it off. Yeah. And she does that through most of it. But as soon as he tells her this big piece of information, that her husband is married to another woman and has been for a long time, I mean, this isn't just like, oh, he cheated on you. I mean, this is a 
big. Yeah, that's a whole other life. He instantly hits on her. She acknowledges that. Oh, timing. And then she, they sleep together. Yeah. And she's like, and she's just all smiles and kind of cool with it, you know, and then, I, I don't know. Again, I feel like this is a light comedy, but this is continuing that idea that women expect to be hit on and that they like it when you <laughs> treat them like that. And they're probably going to go for it. And that behavior, and again, with a character who's so cool and so awesome and everybody wants to be him, tells men that that behavior is okay. And that they should do that. And it tells women that that behavior is okay. And they should respond to it. And so that's how it influenced Gen X. And that's what's wrong with your parents. Yep. I'm Tara McNamara. I'm Riley Rogers. This is a very short and sweet one. <laughs> uh, not too much wrong, but Chevy Chase, you've done it again. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's, he's impossible not to love. Um, Alright, so check out 80smovieguide.com and... You should follow our social media. Which is? 80s Movie Guide. Yeah, at 80s Movie Guide. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All the, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. All right. We'll catch you later. Thanks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.